Jock Wilson, and this is the Calgary Stampeder Podcast. Welcome back, welcome back. Jocko, uh, getting down to short strokes yes. before the start of the season here. First of all, I just want to take a quick look back on the preseason mm-hmm. game one, and you know, forget about the fact that the Riders didn't bring anybody. You know, right. Forget about the fact it was a 36-point beatdown. Uh, the one thing that really impressed me about that game was just the overall level of preparedness that the Stampeders had. Normally, preseason games, like, they're painful. You know, offside, uh, time count violations, 13 guys in the huddle, 10 guys in the huddle. But you didn't see a lot of that. Dave Dickinson and the crew had these guys drilled up and, and ready to go, and they looked like they were out there. They were making plays and giving themselves opportunities. You know, Dave, I was pleasantly surprised, and there's no other way to put it because, you know, I, I have lots of question marks on this edition of the Calgary Stampeders heading into a brand new season. But but I, I will say this, that you're right, and, and I think Dave Dickinson made a very, very good point. With the new CBA where, you know, budgets come into play, you have to travel the day before, you know, the road teams are really at a disadvantage because you just can't take the number of bodies. We saw how many players the Saskatchewan Rough Riders left behind. But in saying that, the Calgary Stampeders dressed, what, 80 players? And 80 players played. Yeah. And and even the second stringers and the third stringers, they were a hell of a lot better than the second stringers and the third stringers of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And you make an excellent point, whereas as a preseason game, you expect to see flag after flag after flag after flag, and it's just the complete nightmare. Well, it wasn't. I thought both teams played a very, very sound game and, and a very smart game, an intelligent game. And, and there were lots of positives if you are a Calgary Stampeder fan. Yeah, that being said, uh, let's break down some of the areas that we knew we were going to see in competition in, which is pretty much, oh, everywhere. Uh, I want to start off on the offensive line because that Mm -hmm. was in a little bit of flux. I think you pretty much settled down with uh, your your starting five. Uh, Ryan Sevier, I thought, looked real comfortable at guard. And given that, I just think uh, I think Ucombray Williams is going to settle in back at center, even though it means you have to go with a three-import look. Well, you know, it's interesting. And, and I think Dave Dickinson sort of tipped his hand. He basically said, hey, we know Ucombray Williams is an excellent center, and he was an all-star center last year for a reason. They, they were hoping maybe to use the three national on the offensive line when Brad Erdos goes down with the injury. Well, that that just closed the book on that experiment. Uh, to me, it's quite clear the Calgary Stampeders are going to have to go with the three internationals on the offensive line. And Ucombre Williams is a very good center, and that's an important, important piece when you've got uh, Bo Levi Mitchell back there. So I, I, th- I think you're bang on from that perspective. Hey, we know Derek Dennis is an all-star left tackle. You're not changing that position. And Neela Cassitati, I, I think he's, he's a very solid player. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure he's the best right tackle in the Canadian Football League, but he can certainly improve at that position. So, you know, Shane Bergman, even though he's got a few problems with his hips and he had to have a a few injections, hey, we all get older and and we all get a little arthritis, right? But but the fact of the matter is Shane Bergman is a very, very important piece with it. And and I do believe Ryan Sevier will get better as the season goes along. You know, is he going to be an all-star in the early going? Obviously not. He's a second-year player Mm -hmm. that is still trying to learn the system. System, but he got to know the system last year. So I would agree with you. And I and I guess now we're just battling on who's going to be that sixth that offense. Six yeah, you know, and, and that's that's the only battle left in camp right now. Yeah, Justin, Justin Lawrence would have, I think, a little bit of an edge mm-hmm. because he's a natural setter. But we know that uh, Sevier has taken some reps at center. And uh, I got the feeling that the coaches like what they saw out of David Brown as well. So mm-hmm. that's going to be – and he's he seems to have the ability to play guard and tackle, which is the kind of flexibility that you need if you're going to be that sixth guy on the O-line. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and I would and I would agree, and and you know it's, it's interesting too because uh, I I think you got you know you know some newcomers in there like a Zach Williams who was a draft pick this year. You know he's going to be like Sevier. He's going to probably be on the practice roster, but he will improve as we go along in the season. So I think from that standpoint, I, I think you're bang on to something. But you know I I, I think they're going to have to keep at least two or three extra guys on that practice roster just because you don't have the depth that you have had in the past, and that to me would be a little bit of a red flag moving forward with this team, especially going with three internationals on that offensive line. And uh, at receiver, uh, feeling cool. a little bit better. Uh, Markeith Ambles, I, I really think this kid is going to grow this year. Uh, Reggie Begleton, I mean, how comfortable did no. he look? Two catches, uh, 65 yards in uh, that first series. I talked to Reggie in the past week. He says he feels great. He's ready to go. And uh, we had a couple of uh, I think guys that just really stood out and distinguished themselves uh, in Josh Huff and uh, also Griff uh, Whalen. I mean, Whalen not really a surprise because he's got a little bit of a bigger resume, but uh, Josh, uh, Josh Hoff certainly looked like a playmaker out there. Well, I would agree with you on Reggie Bagleton, number one. I thought you did an excellent interview with him, and, uh, you know, the fact that he's coming off that broken arm, there was always always a little bit of concern because, you know, some of your top receivers, you know, are not 100% healthy, like Kamar Jordan. We're not going to see him probably yeah. till midway through the season. You know, a guy like Eric Rogers, how healthy can his knee be? I'll add one more name mm-hmm. because we talked about him in the postgame show. You know, Daniel Braverman. Yes. Like, holy cow, this yeah. guy is small, but I think Greg Peterson made an excellent point. You know, when you think of the NFL, you think of a Julian Edelman, uh, this guy, you know, and granted he was playing against second and third stringers, so I, I don't mm-hmm. want to say, hey, great, 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 he's going to be an all-star in this league, but he certainly showed some flashes, and that guy has some speed and some good hands, so I'm really, really curious to see how he does in the final preseason The game. man has got style. Yes. Uh, running back, uh, some of these other guys, uh, you know, had a chance to get in, but again, that's Don Jackson's job. That is, uh, that, that's sure not something that you worry about. Sure it is. And and again, you hope Ramar Morris can get healthy. The fact that they cut him and then re-signed him, that's good. You know, Terry Williams is a very, very capable backup. Yep. But but there are some some other really, really intriguing names, you know, with that running back story. Because Kadeem Carey, I think he's got some great speed yep. as well. You know, as much as they played Ante Milanovic leader, hey, the bottom line is, I, I don't think he's going to be your starting tailback by any means. No, that's you know, that's, but, that's when you need a, a ratio change. Exactly. Yeah. He can be he can be a, a very capable backup from that standpoint. Uh, Ladarius Galloway is certainly not you know disappointed. So the fact is, if Don Jackson you know does get hurt or something, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see how many of these guys you keep around on the practice roster. Yeah. Then moving over to uh, the other side of the ball, defensive line. All of a sudden, uh, that thing just opened wide, Oof. wide, wide. Unfortunately, with an injury to, to a flow or a melodic. Yeah, absolutely. It's a big concern for you me. Know, because, yeah, you're now down to Cordero Law as a, a veteran defensive end out there. And the Cordero, he last year, you know, maybe it was just because of the scheme, whatever, but Cordero wasn't uh, as dominant as we remember him from a mm-hmm. few years back. Granted, he's been through some injuries. He is getting a little bit older. But uh, Flo Aramalade, I think he was being counted on to be that yes. rush threat coming off that end. And uh, and he's done for the year. And I got to tell you, Jock, it was hard. To, uh, you know, I was trying to see what the, the rest of these ends were doing, but uh, it was kind of hard to concentrate on what was happening along that. D-line. Well, I think you're right. You know, I, I think fans will 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 think of Kevin Prosser because he got the quarterback sack and he was able to, you know, get into the backfield and, and knock down a Saskatchewan quarterback. But, uh, you know, Chris Casher, the, these are all names that we really don't know at this point. So for me, this is the biggest 
wild card, the biggest red flag heading into the season. I, I've said this a number of times, Dave, and, and you know where I stand on this. I, I think this Calgary Stampeder team won a great cup championship, le, le, championship last year because of their defense. This year, this is by far uh, not... This team's going to have to score yeah. some points. <laughs> well, <laughs> I yeah. guess that's where I'm going with it because I think this defense can be good, mm-hmm. but can they be great? Well, time will tell if they can be great. I, I think there's going to be some growing pains in the early season because, you know, we're seeing changes in the offense, uh, defensive line, excuse me, changes with the linebacker, changes in the secondary, and and I think this is a really, really challenging job for the new defensive coordinator, Brent Monson. So, uh, you know, the inside, you're probably okay, yeah. you know, especially with your Canadians like Derek Wiegand mm-hmm. and, and Junior Turner and Esamura Burr. Uh, but, you know, you probably want to get an American in there as well, depending on how your ratio is going to go. Mike Rose is, is obviously good on the inside. So I think you're going to be okay on the inside, but I, I do have my concerns on the outside for sure. Getting back to the secondary, one area I'm really not worried about right now, uh, linebackers. Corey Greenwood, I yeah. think, was a little bit of a question just to see if he was going to be able to, you know, to, to get it back really, after after not being the guy for a few years. He's looked solid back there. Uh, Jer, you know, Jamar Wall, you know what you're getting. Winton McManus, you know this guy is going to rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the find from uh, game one was Nate Hawley. I mean, mm-hmm. he could be, you know, they've had a great progression to guys when you go from like a, you know, a Deron Mayo to Jameer Thurman now to a Winton McManus. I just think, it, you know, the next guy in line now is, uh, is, is Nate Hawley after that game. Well, and I think that is going to be, you know, you, probably your strength of uh, of the of the team again, if you look at the defense and and I, I love Nate Hall. Not only is he a great interview and a very thoughtful thinker, yeah. he's a hell of a player. Yeah. And and he did stand out. When you look back at that first preseason game on defense, he was the one guy that I really stood up and said, "Wow, that guy's a player because he was in a very solid tackler." And you know, almost reminded me a little bit of an Alex Singleton. Now I'm not going to put him in that category just yet, but the fact is, uh, he made an impact, and there was a reason why he was our defensive player of the game. And you're right, you know, Winton McMahon. We've seen him before. Great on special teams last year when he did play the linebacking core. You know, he he certainly didn't disappoint. I, I'm still not sure about Corey Greenwood. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's one of those things, you know, is he going to be your number one guy moving forward in that middle linebacker spot? I think the Stamps would like him to be because he is a ratio changer, you know, being a national player. But I, I think he could be in for for a little bit of a competition. And so, for me, that's, that's a spot that is still wide open. And defensive backfield uh, is just not something. Honestly, right Right now, I don't feel comfortable talking much about the defensive backfield because, again, Saskatchewan brought nobody. Mm-hmm. You know, Cody uh, Fajardo wasn't going to give you much of a look. Uh, you know, none of the receivers that they brought were real threats. I'm hoping that BC, that Devon Claybrooks, leaves Mike Riley and his starters in for an extended look on Friday night because I think that yeah. group back there needs a CFL-level test just to see who could rise up. Well, I, I think you're right. And, hey, we're okay on one side of the field because, you know, with Brandon Smith, he is going to be one of your defensive leaders this year, probably a defensive captain. You know, Trey Roberson, you know, could have been the rookie of the year in the Canadian Football League last year, so you're fine there. Uh, the the safety position, you know, I, I think Royce Meachie, he's a second-year player, but Royce Meachie, you know, didn't look out of place in the first preseason game. Again, granted, you know, not against, you know, the top players in the league by any means. Uh, you got Courtney Steven there. I, I think you're going to be okay, but uh, the other side of the of the secondary, hey, we've seen Deshaun Amos play. We've seen Gump Hayes make the interception against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Mm-hmm. You know, they're pretty high on Raheem Wilson. And, and I'll say this, Dave, and you know it full well. Uh, for for whatever reason, the Calgary Stampeders and Huff we trust they have a they have a way of finding American players and yeah. and you know we've lost you know we I say we the 
Stampeders have lost a lot of good players in the secondary over the years, yeah. but they, they always seem to find and have a transition plan in place. So, uh, you know, fingers crossed that a Raheem Wilson or a, you know, Deshaun Amos or a Gump Hayes, you know, they can answer the bell for this team. I think uh, Courtney Steven is probably going to end up starting at safety, but I'd like to, uh, you know, I think they're, they're going to try to do, you know, what they were doing before where you've got the young kid, you know, with Mechie, and you're just going to try to ease him in, just try to get him, right. you know, sort of schooled up in that position. Uh, you know, what they were sort of doing with Tunde Adelike before uh, he left to go uh, back east as uh, as a free agent. I see, I see an interview with uh, Joshua Bell maybe in our future. <laughs> <laughs> Jock pulling out the old crystal ball. Hey, but you know what's in our present? Uh, we've that? got an interview with uh, J.C. Sherratt, J.C. of the just-retired. The new coaching the staff. The new coaching staff. Yes. Uh, you know, we're talking about these new players. Might as well talk about the noob on the coaching staff, <laughs> J.C. Sherratt, uh, who retired. And then all of a sudden, zing, he is your new linebackers uh, coach for the Calgary State I, I, I thought that was a very, very interesting move in the offseason because, yeah. you know, first of all, the Eskimos thought he was still going to play. Mm-hmm. And then he decides to step away from the game. And what was it, about? About a week later, all of a sudden, he jumps from Edmonton to Calgary, uh, part of the Calgary Stampeder coaching staff. And I'm going, that's pretty damn astute by uh, by Dave Dickinson <laughs> to steal J.C. Sherrod away. And, and hey, he is a newbie, as you say, from the uh, from the coaching staff position. And, and, and this is going to be a strength of the Calgary Stampeders. Let's be honest, Dave. Yeah. Not, not J.C. Sherrod per se, but the coaching staff. And we talked a little bit about it last week on the coaching, uh, on the uh, on the podcast, because, you know, we've talked about Mark Killam, you know, and he takes on the role of, as the assistant head coach you know Dave Dickinson's got a lot on his plate but you know you've got a you've got a very very solid veteran coaching staff returning which I think is very very important for this team you know Brent Monson yeah okay he's he's not he's not Devon Claybrooks but the fact is he has been here for 10 years and, and he's he, the guy he was the guy who's pretty much running the deal well, last year exactly right and you've got Corey Mace back and we just referenced to Josh Bell you know so I think that is going to be a strength of this team because the continuity is going to be there I, I'm very curious to see how, J, how JC Sherrod does as a head coach, not a head coach, but uh, as, as a coach. Let's find out how he's doing now. Mark Steven was able to catch up with JC this week. Uh, it's been oh. awesome. You know, it's it's just, it's been exciting. It's camp. It's full competition. And, uh, you know, obviously we're getting to see uh, our team tape shape. Um, but that's still, you know, these next days are huge for us to evaluate who, who's going to be on this team. Just talk about the workload and the preparation that goes in. Did you get your eyes open as a coach or is this what you expected when you took on a coaching role? Oh, it was what I expected. I mean, it's always going to be a little longer hours and a little less sleep. But, uh, you know, I've been planning to be a coach for quite a few years now. So uh, I was aware of it. And, you know, I'm just taking every day for what it is and trying to learn and get better. How about uh, being with these guys? Uh, you're the only change on the staff. You're the you know the one ad, so it's nice to be around an experienced staff and experienced in this system. Uh, it's made the transition incredible for me um, because I, I get to see how they function, how they work together, uh, and they're they've been great to bring me along. You know, every day I have a new question for them, and every day they answer it for me. As a relatively recently retired player, is any rookie uh, doesn't know all about your background mistaking you for a player or anything when you're walking down the hallways there? Now, they probably mistake me for the equipment manager, um, but uh, you know I don't know. Those, those days are beyond me now, so I'm just coach. That's right. Well, that's fair enough. And uh, just the uh, mindset you bring to a coach. What were some of the things that translated from a player to a coach? Is sort of a similar approach, and uh, just the understanding that football is much more than a physical game. Uh, absolutely. I mean, a hard work's going to carry over in anything you do. Um, showing up and just doing your job and trying to get better every day. You know. Whether there's an 18-year-old uh, or a 70-year-old, you can always learn something from somebody. 
you said you wanted to be a coach, but along the way, uh, who sort of influenced you, maybe sort of tipped the balance that way that, uh, you know, you said this might not be a bad thing once my playing days are done? Yeah, it actually it all started with my high school coach, Bob Bowen. Uh He was a huge influence on my life, and um, it, it just impacted me from there on, and I, I've never really altered from that. And obviously through college, through the pros, I've had unbelievable people in my life that uh, I could call on the phone right now for advice, and that's something I'm very grateful for. When you made the decision to retire as a player, was it uh, your body talking, your head talking? What was talking that you sort of said, you know what, I'm ready to close that chapter and open up a new one? Uh, the body more than anything, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was time. You know, it was just I knew it in my heart, and I, the fact that I, I still feel the exact same way it lets me know I made the right decision. Uh, just, uh, you know, being the Stampede, is that all gone, all the Edmonton v. Calgary stuff, and uh, it's in the rearview rear mirror now? Uh, that's long gone. I'm all Stampeders, baby. Okay. Uh, just getting ready for the season here. Uh, just how exciting is that, knowing you're going to be involved in, you know, 20 game plans getting ready for a season and just the uh, ability to put stuff together? Uh, it's, I mean, it's incredible. I, you know, I felt that juice for our first preseason game. I, I imagine it's going to pick up tenfold once the season gets here. And you got some battles there. you got some big positions, two starting roles to fill and everything. Uh, you know, it's going to be a fairly, fairly tough decision to make coming down the stretch here. There's no, no doubt about it. Uh, it is full-out wide competition. Uh, you know, it's a good problem to have uh, because there's going to be some really tough decisions to make. And uh, the evaluation process is still ongoing, still full, and, and this game's got a huge impact on that. Mark Steven with J.C. Sherrod. Jock, that's about uh, all the time we have. Okay. So it's going to be a very interesting preseason game. Uh, I'm looking forward, even though I know how tough it is on these guys, I'm looking forward to seeing that roster come out just to see uh, who yes. stays and who goes because there's some hard calls. And, and I will say this, Dave, I'm really looking forward to our podcast next week, You know whether we bring in you know our good buddy Danny Austin, but we're going to make some fearless and bold predictions oh, yes. on the 2019 season. I know you guys were giving me a hard time last week about my my power rankings. And again, these are only preseason power rankings, but uh, you know, we're going to put some thought into it and we're going to, you know, talk about who's going to be the MVP this year. Who's going to be the top Canadian, the top offensive line. We'll, we'll break it all down next week. And it's always fun making some early season predictions because all I can say is I'm jacked. A new football season is right around the corner. Hey, June 15th, Stampeders and the Ottawa Red Blacks. That is a great cup rematch. I must admit, I was a little surprised this week when Ottawa decided to name Dominic Davis as yeah. their starting quarter, especially this early in the process. I'm going, wow, Jonathan Jennings, do you suck that much? Yeah, I think he does. <laughs> <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, that's uh, where you can find us. You like what you hear? Uh, tell a friend about it. Just drop us a recommendation. Drop us a line if you've got any ideas for what you'd like to hear in a future podcast. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. For Jock Wilson, I'm Dave Rowe, and this is the Calgary Stampede Podcast.